Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you, Lord, that joy comes in the morning. And God, how we lift up our friend, Diane. Lord, I rejoice in salvation. I rejoice in heaven. I rejoice in the plan of redemption that you provided and that Tim knew this personally, and he's with you now. And God, I thank you that even as our lesson is on Jesus, the lily of the valley, you will be the lily, you will be the fragrance, you will be the strength for Diane as she walks through this valley. I lift up Vivian, who has just walked through this valley. God, I give you all the glory for being our sustainer. And Lord, I pray that you would work in a wonderful way, that you would be glorified in our pain, and that you would be lifted up, and that we would shine as salt and light to a world that desperately needs to know your salvation and your grace. Lord, bless every lady here this morning. Right now, Lord, the burdens on the heart, I pray, Father, that we would place them aside and just be able to soak in the truth of your word. We know you are the burden lifter. But Lord, we get so distracted. So Father, turn our minds and our hearts to your word, and may each lady find exactly what she needs for this morning. And we'll give you all the praise in your wonderful name. Amen. All right. Well, it happened. We started a series of lessons on Easter Sunday. I started out asking you, are you ready for a miracle? Do you remember that? That was just a short month ago. Are you ready for a miracle? We're winding it up today, and today is all about what has just happened in our Michigan, in our Saginaw, in our backyards. And this is what has just happened, Darlene. Ready? It's called the Great Exchange. The Great Exchange. Just a couple weeks ago, I had hail and snow bouncing off my back deck. The ground was barren. The ground was hard. The ground was cold. And yesterday, I walked to the corner of our yard and I plucked out this beautiful lily of the valley, which it's going to be in its prime. It's supposed to be in its prime now. If you didn't get one, make sure you get one. This is going to burst forth with a fragrance that you will not believe. It, this tiny little flower is going to open up, and it's the fragrance of the lily. Jesus is described as the lily of Louise, our valleys. He's the fragrance that he wants me to breathe in when I'm walking through the hardest of times. And he says, Kathy, I'm the lily of your valley. I'm the beauty in your valley when everything looks cold and barren and hard. I think it's so beautiful that God planned the seasons for us to actually see the resurrection. See, Easter Sunday started with the resurrection. And that miracle that I asked you, are you ready for a miracle today? No Sunday portrays a miracle for you and me more than Easter Sunday. When Jesus went to the cross and shed his blood and took my sin so that I could have a Savior in my condemned state, 
and he would save me from my sin, and he would save me unto heaven, and girls, he would save us in our day. And that brings me to our verse that we're supposed to be memorizing. Do you know your Lamentations 3 verse? Here we go. It is, oh, no, no, no. This I recall to my mind, therefore have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercies I am not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are brand new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Oh, girls, get that in your head and your heart. It is for every day. It's not just for heaven. It's, for, it's brand new for us every single day. And, and our great creator even made the seasons so we would have a picture and a fragrance of the great exchange. What is the great exchange? Death to life. Barrenness to fruitfulness. Cold, hard, and brittle to that which the Lord supplies. Just a couple weeks ago, all we had was brittle branches. Now they're bursting forth with yellow forsythia. The pussy willows are already done. It's absolutely beautiful. Just a couple weeks ago, we had a frozen tundra. And now, the great exchange. It's all been exchanged. As, as our earth took in her last winter slurpee, okay, <laughs> sucked it down as that icy drizzle pelting snow soaked in to the barren hard earth, life came forth. What a picture of the resurrection. The great exchange. It gets even gooder. The great exchange. The soil bursting with life. And the greatest exchange is described as Jesus describes himself as, I'm the lily of the valley. It's the great exchange. The stench of my sin exchanged for the fragrance of God's truth. So we're going to check out this last lesson on our faith. It started with Easter Sunday the beautiful privilege of being saved from my sin and being born again as a brand new what, class? A brand new baby. Remember our baby faith? We're brand new baby for your newborn babes. But then the point is what? After this baby, all I can do is think of Ellie and our new baby. You know? Grow. You got to grow. There's something wrong if you don't grow. There's something heartbreaking if you don't grow. And God says... Let me show you how. And then the New Testament, Elise, is filled with this beautiful, kindly, gentle instruction calling me from my natural sinful self into God's ways. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Kathy, you've got to grow. You've got to learn to exercise your faith. You've got to learn to live by your faith and not by your feelings. And we've had two lessons after that on how exactly this is done. Remember I said, get off your trike, get off the tandem, and learn to ride your bike? Is it hurtful? Yes. Is it hard? Yes. Is it scary? Yes. Is it worthwhile? Praise the Lord. Do you have your baby? Oh, <laughs> oh that is wonderful. Tammy has her puppy dog baby. I was praying for you these last few days. Praise the Lord. That's great. That is great. 
So there's one last character I want to bring into this series on growing our faith, and it takes us back to the Easter story. And um, you can read it in Matthew 27 if you want to jot that chapter down this afternoon. It would be a great chapter to read as we review the fact about Pilate. When, when Jesus was brought before Pilate, did Pilate know that Jesus was innocent, yes or no? Yes, yes he knew he was innocent. But he was in a quandary because he had to keep these Jews under control, and they were all, they were all bickering, and, and, and they, were threatening, they were threatening Pilate that they would go to Caesar and tattle on him. And it was Pilate's job to keep the Jews in submission. And he was afraid of losing his job if the Jews went to Caesar. And so there was this wonderful plan. It was, it was the tradition of the Roman Empire that they would allow one convict to go free. And so Pilate goes, yes, this is my out. I will release to them the worst convict, a murderer. And that's going to solve my problem. So they went down. They got the worst murderer out of the prison pit. His name was Barabbas. Barabbas. And uh, Pilate was astonished when the crowds called for Barabbas to be released. And he says one last time in Matthew 27, as he points to Jesus, what has he done? Pilate knew Jesus was innocent, but because of political correctness, and boy, we're living in that day now, girls, because of political correctness, Pilate caved. He saved his job, but he lost his soul. I want to look at this great exchange, Jesus exchanged for Barabbas. Because remember, today's lesson is all about the great exchange, all right? First of all, I want us to put ourselves in Barabbas' cell. Can you imagine? He's sitting on death row, and back in those days, there, were, there was no appeal. There were no rights for prisoners. Barabbas knew that at any moment he was going to be called, hauled up in his chains and crucified on a cross. Curl up and think about that filthy, cold cell that Barabbas was going to sleep on. Only he wasn't sleeping because all he was thinking was about the whippings and the torture that was going to happen as he was taken to the cross. Well, daylight comes and he hears the crowd shouting, crucify him, crucify him. And he just knows it's about him because he, he knew it was imminent. They open his cell. They drag him with his chains to the hollering crowd. And then something so astonishing happens. His chains are unlocked. They drop to the ground and Barabbas is free. He can't believe it. The murderer is set free. The great exchange. Barabbas, walking to his death, is now all of a sudden free. And he hears the crowd. They're still chanting, crucify him, crucify him. Well, who in the world are they talking about? He's been set free. He turns his eyes and he sees the one they are pointing at. And our Jesus has been beaten to a pulp. He's not even recognizable as a human being anymore. And he sees on his back the cross that was his. 
and he's carrying his cross. Golly. Jesus is carrying Barabbas' cross. No. Jesus is carrying my cross. And he can't believe his eyes. He who has been condemned to die is set free, and he who is innocent is condemned to die. I wonder if Barabbas ever got over that moment. I wonder. I wonder if every day he saw the one who took his place. And we can answer that by answering the question, do I get over it? Do I go through my day? Do I wake up in the morning and have I already gotten over it? Or do I take those few precious moments that God made and I say, thank you, Jesus, for the great exchange. I was condemned to die and you freed me in salvation. My chains have been unlocked and I have the privilege of living for you and for your glory today because you've set me free. And not just for eternity, girls, but he has set us free for today. The name Barabbas, do you know what it means? Barabbas means son of the father. Bar means son, Abba means father. Matthew states his full name. If you want to read it again, I encourage you to read Matthew 27 this afternoon. Do you know what Matthew records Barabbas' full name as? Ready? Here it is. You know, just like you all have a full name. I was born Kathleen Ann Kendall. We all have double names. Barabbas' full name is this. Jesus Barabbas. Wow. Can you imagine when Barabbas asked, who is this? Who is this who, who is being crucified? And the crowds told him, Jesus. Chills must have gone up and down Barabbas' spine. That's my name. That's my name. Did he ever get over it? I pray not. But it can fix my heart because we so quickly forget. We so quickly get over it. Dear Jesus, every morning, let me remember what you've done for me because it plays a huge influence on how I'm going to live today in gratefulness and thankfulness and walking with you. Uh, Tim Keller, one of the uh, authors I study, he writes concerning the names. We have two Jesuses in our story, both the son of the father, yet they could not be more different. One rules by taking the lives of others and the other rules by giving his own life. One wants to overthrow the king, and the other is the rightful king of the people. One is guilty and will be set free, and the other is an innocent man who is going to be killed. The real son of the father, who is innocent, will go to his death so that the other son goes free. End of quote. Isn't that beautiful? So, let me just encourage you. Don't get over it. Don't get over it. It's even more much, much more than the great exchange from hell to heaven that we have. It's the great exchange for today, and that's where we're going to focus on the rest of this time. It's about today and about living set free. Turn to the lady next to you and tell her she's set free. Tell her she's set free. That great exchange, as far as I know, in our dear Sunday school class, 
every single one of you have had that great exchange happen in your soul and in your heart because you know Jesus as Savior. The great exchange has happened to you. But we so easily walk back in our chains this side of heaven. This whole series has been on growing our faith, exercising our faith, learning, learning, even as Christ learned by the things he what? Suffered. If I never learn to apply God's truth in my day to the things that bug me, irritate me, suffer, I never am set free. I'm in my chains again. Can you imagine the angels in heaven shaking their heads, Tammy, as they see how encumbered we become when we've been set free? So for the rest of this lesson, we're going to do some accountability on am I growing my faith? Am I maturing? Or I'm still stuck in this childish, immature, self-absorbed living that has nothing to do with the fact that I've been set free. Girls, we're light and we're salt all because of Jesus, and it should show, and we should be tasty. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. I want you to take out, um, if you have last week's lesson, it's, it looks like this, without my notes on it, okay? It looks like this. We left off with finding life when life gets ugly. It's growing our faith, growing our faith. We left off with number three. Um, number, number one was don't get sidetracked with revenge. Okay? Number two was put into action, Romans 12, 21. God uses little things against the forces of evil. Little things like a little forgiveness, like a little grace for somebody who doesn't deserve it, like me. Like, like a little choice of helping, of encouraging instead of griping it. All these little things are little choices that God says, put them into practice today. I want you to live free. Number three, see this time as my opportunity to glorify God. Turn to your Bibles to Psalm chapter 40. This is number three, and growing my faith. See this time as my opportunity to glorify God. Okay, Lori's going through a questionable time. It's scary. It's fearful. My choice, as Lori, would be, see, this is going to be my time to glorify God. She's going to be in places and meeting people that she never would have apart from this. Let me tell you something that just happened this past week. Uh, Tim Green, he's a senator over in the Junietta area. Some of you may know the Green family. They raise a certain kind of cow. I think they're called Scotland cows, but I could be wrong on this. But they're a very specialty cow. And being spring, it had dropped its calf in the field, okay? So he gets in the golf cart with his wife. His wife has Parkinson's, but she's still pretty mobile. So they get in the cart because they're going to go pick up this calf and bring it to the barn. He drives out in the golf cart walks over to the calf, and just like that, that mother cow charges him. Now, they have horns, even though they're a cow, because she's just given birth, but they're a gentle creature ordinarily, and he was not expecting it. That mother cow throws him up into the air. He hits. 
She attacks him again, throws him up into the air again, rolls him over. Meanwhile, the dear wife is in the golf cart, and she cries out to God, make him stop, make him stop. There's nothing she can do. All of a sudden, the cow stops and walks away. Brother Green crawls back into the cart. They call 911. The ambulance comes out. One ear is torn off. The other ear is almost torn off. Six ribs are broken. Okay? Now, the rest of the story. While they're finding out all of these damaging situations on his body, with all that they're doing in the search, they discover stage three lung cancer that never would have been found had this horrible incident not taken place. And now he's healing, and they're doing the next right thing for his cancer. Girls, we just don't understand. We don't know. We, life is so fragile. But we get to hold the hand of God, and we get to live through this day, and he tells me, Kathy, fear not, for I am with thee. There's a lot of stuff you're not going to understand, but girls, until we learn to take the powerful word of God and attach it and live it to all of our moments during our day from broken legs with Roger to the fact that he won't stay off of it. There are things we have to let go and we have to say, Lord, you are in control. I believe you, Lord. Help thou mine unbelief as the dear dad with the dying daughter knew Jesus could heal. And he says, do you believe? And he says, yes, I believe. And then the next breath, help thou my unbelief. That is you and me. You take the word of God and you begin applying it over and over and over. This list that I've given you is very revealing, all right? This is a diagnostic list to say, am I really growing my faith or am I just making the same mistakes every day, every day, and I'm staying an immature child of God? It's called the pride test. Let's see. I need two volunteers. Cindy, come on up here. You're going to be self-centered. Oh, I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's all about me. <laughs> Leslie, come on up here. You're going to be God-centered. Bring your list. You're going to bring, need to bring your list. This is going to capsulize number four and five off of last year's list, or last year's, last week's list, okay? Um, Number three, see this time as my time to glorify God. I needed you to read. Did we read this? We didn't read it. Psalm 41 through 3. Psalm 41 through 3. I waited patiently for the Lord. Okay, Lori, Judy, uh, Gail, um, those. Uh, Everybody. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Patient. I waited patiently on the Lord. Okay, now this first part is, it is so hard to wait. And I can't do it patiently without the Lord. I can't. I can't do it patiently without the Lord. But when I submit my will, and boy, this is going to be right at the first part of this. This is so good. On Okay. On this self-centered sheet here, okay, I want you to say it like being self-centered. I want you to say number one. I want it my way. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. 
And that's where we live. We want it my way, whether it be a situation or a person or a disappointment. And we chafe against this life because it doesn't go our way. And God says, child, I've set you free, not just for heaven. I've set you free to live today in this circumstance, in this situation. This is, this is the choice you need to make. All right, Leslie. Your will be done. Yeah, yeah. That's and and most often it is this. Okay. I know. Okay, God. I know you're in control. Thy will be done. And I tell you what happens when you submit. When you submit, and it's that issue of I give it to you, Lord. I'm so sick of fighting this. I am so sick of dealing with years of convulsions or or years of handicap. You have a perfect plan. That moment of submission, what happens inside of you and me, often the situation doesn't change. But I change. There is a lifting of the burden. Burdens are lifted at Calvary. I'm not saying that to be trite. I'm saying that as a truth, that until we learn, God, you have a perfect plan. I want to use this for your glory. God, show me the next right thing. And he does. He does. It's a, it is a miracle of enlightenment that allows me to live free today. Don't you let anybody or anything steal your peace and steal your joy today. Michelle's under a heavy burden right now. Gabe is down in Florida, very sick. It's a heavy burden. And I don't want it that way, and she doesn't want it that way. But until we say, God, I know you have a perfect plan for this day for Gabe. I know this, Lord. Your compassions fail not. They are new every morning, and I need your compassion in Gabe's life today. Heal him today, Lord. I pray this in thy will. And I'm going to get up, and I'm going to testify, and I'm going to tell Riley, and I'm going to tell Parker, God has a plan, and it's a good plan. And it's for our good and his glory. That is the only way. And girls, the burden is lifted. And if you aren't used to living that way, then I'm telling you, you're shackled in the cell again. You've got to learn it because this life is going to kill us. <laughs> You can't live burden, not just for my burden lifted, but for the testimony of Christ. We are to be light in a really dark world. We're to look different, act differently, respond differently, plan differently, schedule differently, love people differently, and it grows our faith. I had a dear, dear friend, you know, Auntie Anne. She was Auntie Anne to our children for their whole life. She was debilitated with a horrible disease called rheumatoid arthritis. Every time we got together, you know, I never once saw rheumatoid arthritis. Do you know what I saw? I saw a living faith. I saw a working faith. You know what we talked about? We didn't talk about rheumatoid arthritis. There were different prayer requests that we prayed over together, and then we rejoiced over together in what God was going to do. 
We laughed, we talked, we prayed, we sang, we planned. Can I encourage you to stop talking your pain and start preaching the truth to your heart and your mind? It sets you free. It sets you free. Trina had a meme come over uh, on one of her devices, and she said, Mom, this is so good. And she said, um, it went something like this. The picture, there was a picture of a woman, miserable, miserable, miserable. And the caption was, did you really have a horrible day? Or was it just a horrible 15 minutes that you kept rehearsing all day long? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, you see? God says, child, I've got a truth for you to apply to that. It's going to set you free. And it's going to make a difference in your countenance. It's going to make a difference in your home. Boy, nobody sees our burdens like those we live with. And we need to check, we need to affect our kids and our grandkids with, I have a living God. I have a God answering God. I have a God who makes all the difference in my day. And I am not going to live burdened down. I hesitate to say this because it's about me, and I never want this time to be about me. I want it to be about the truth of God. Last week I was over at Myers, and I was picking out, I never can remember the name of it, mango. I don't, I, I'd never had a mango before. Jack loves mangoes, and we've had the boys with us for a few days. And so I wanted to get him a mango, and there was a lady there touching the mangoes. I can't believe it's that time. Don't, don't pay any attention to that. I have you for 10 more minutes, I promise, okay? <laughs> and I said, I don't know how to pick out a mango. My grandson's coming. Would you show me what's good? And she did, you know, and she gave me some hints and stuff like that. But then I was able to talk to her about this God-made fruit. It's a God-made fruit. And she, she stood there, and she listened, and she agreed. And then I went on to the next piece of produce, which was a couple. I was over at Meyer, so where was I? I was over by the bananas then. I had a lady come up to me, and she tapped me on the shoulder. And I said, well, well hello. She, I just have to tell you something. You have such a beautiful countenance. <laughs> you have a smile. See, we live in a very angry, hard world. You make a difference. And I said, well, thank you, but you know what? I have that smile because I have Jesus in my heart. And I said, God is so good. In the worst of times, God is good. And she looked at me stunned. And she said, you are exactly right. God is good. Didn't have an opportunity to take it from there. God, that's up to God. God does the working. But we're salt and light, and shame on us when we go around as burdened and as crabby and as grumpy as the world. Oh, oh we've got to go on. Um, I wanted to say something about... I lost my list. But anyways, okay. Number two. Read number two. He is swayed by others' opinions. Yeah. Is easily swayed by other, uh, others' opinions. Okay, this, this is a test, girls. Are you easily swayed by others' opinions? If I am, it's a mark of my immaturity. My first, and I, I wish I had a nickel for every time I've heard, well, I don't see anything wrong with that. Oh, 
oh, see, there's not a long range. What protects me? The first question I need to ask, go ahead, Leslie. Focuses on pleasing God. Will this please God? Will what I'm doing, will what I'm considering, or will what I see everybody else doing or practicing or going, will I be swayed? Let's find out from God's word. Will this please God? Learn to ask that. Um, I, we're we're going to jump down to um, look to, look at number 16. All right. Resents responsibilities and the lack of peace that often accompanies them. Okay, this really hits home. This really hits home, especially with women who are juggling so many different responsibilities from the workplace to the children to the grandchildren to to issues, to health situations, resents responsibilities and the lack of peace. Okay, some of the indicators of this would be, Life's I can't, go, go ahead. Life's, yeah. not Life's not fair. I can't believe this happened, say it. To me. Yeah. And, me. And, and, and again, and again, and feeding that. By the way, our mouth is the microphone of the heart. <laughs> Who is the prince and power of the air, Leslie? Satan is. He hears and he knows exactly where to attack me as I verbally say out loud, oh, I can't believe this happened again. Oh, I could have called that. They always, she always, he always. And Satan uses that then to defeat me even further. Instead, learn to respond, knows life struggles will not allow her undisturbed peace. Are you, are you ever surprised when... Stuff happens during your day. We shouldn't be. We should not be. This is, the scripture is so clear about every day is filled with the unexpected and the burdensome. Learn what to do with it. Don't keep the garbage. Learn what to do with it. Okay, these are your lists. Thank you, girls. I'm going to tie it up now or I'll be in big time trouble. Take that as a checklist. Am I growing my faith? Do I see these tendencies in me? When I pray, I pray, Lord, reveal to me. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Show me where I'm failing. Show me where I'm not growing my faith. And then may I be excited about putting this solution into practice. Ten years ago, Jack and Will were like four and five, and they were going to spend the night at Grandpa and Grandma's. And they were all excited. And Jackson is packing up his stuff, and he's saying to his mama, I am so excited. I'm going to go to Grandma and Grandpa's for all night because at Grandpa's, that's where the giant pickles are always in the refrigerator. <laughs> and, and Grandma has gummy sharks, and she knows when I close my eyes and put out both hands, Grandma puts one in each hand. And Clint's room is filled with, with swords and cars and all the cool toys. But best of all, the Wii? The Wii has two controls. Grandma and Grandpa's place is the best. So after a full day of just playing hard, tucking them into bed, tucking them into bed, kissing them goodnight, one more drink of water, <laughs> one more set of prayers, one more I love you, the lights turned off and I hear a almost frantic, Grandma. I bend down, it's Jack. He puts his arms around my neck, he pulls my ear down to his lips, and he says, Grandma, Grandma, I think I need to go home. 
Why? Because after all the sparkles and all the shallow and all the sweet have dissipated, that little heart knew what it needed. It needed the presence of mom and dad. God breathed that into us, dear class. We get so distracted with the shallow and the sugary and the superficial. And the heart and the soul is never going to be satisfied until it's resting in the presence of our Father. Until we learn to walk through our day in the presence of our Father. And until we learn that by growing our faith, there is a longing and a frustration and a friction and a rub it just goes with us through our day. And I can see all the angels in heaven just rolling their eyes and saying, when are they going to grow up? <laughs> Take this list as a checklist and say, Lord, search me. Let's work on the first five today and then the second five for the purpose of teach me thy way, O Lord. I will walk in thy truth. Why? Our hearts are united. The whole total purpose. Unite my heart. Don't go another day without your heart united with the only one who can satisfy. Father, dismiss us with your blessing. May these truths root down deep. And God, may we be your children that are excited about growing our faith and being light and salt every place we go. In thy precious name, amen.